You're listening to the Painkiller Podcast. The problem with theory is that once you've started, you can't stop. A student sits down to begin work on her dissertation. She has things to say, but she's finding it difficult to say them. And before long, she begins to spiral. I have things to say. I rinse out my mug, scrub away the tea stains with an old scourer lying by the side of the sink, fish out the last capsule from the box, flick up the lid of the coffee machine and slide the capsule in. Put the box in the recycling. Write, buy more coffee on the board next to tea bags and razor heads and seminar at 8.30 and get ahead on dissy reading. I have things to say. Press down on the machine lid. Listen as it perforates the plastic with a sharp click. Push the button. Light a candle. Move my clothes from the chair to the bed. Move my laptop from the bed to the desk. Plug it in. I have things to say. Coffee's done. Flick up the lid. Hear the capsule slide back and rattle against the others out of sight. Consider... Right, organise capsule recycling on the board. The thing is, I know the capsules are bad. I know that most end up in landfill, unrecycled, stuck in a kind of homeostasis, a monument to human laziness. I know my own recycling is piling up, green bags shoved in the cupboard, filling with the discards of fake Italian names of Audacios and Stormios and fucking decaffeinatos. All the while, pink mould seeps out of their pierced holes like an alien landscape, the plastic being taken over by the red weed. And I know that if I had less of a conscience, I could just tip the things into a bin, forget about them, not bother organising the collection. Oh, but I don't, and I won't, so I keep my recycling in the cupboard because even though I know that the capsules are bad and I should just brew my own coffee, I'm just so fucking lazy, and tapping the button is so much easier. So I pick up my Master Origin Arabica coffee from Costa Rica and move to my desk and open up my laptop and open up Word because I have things to say. So I type the header notes and I italicise the header and... Stare at the page. Consider. Close word. Google G-U-A, open the Guardian. Click over to the culture section. This is not original. So I close the lid of my laptop and pick up my coffee from Costa Rica and move to the sofa. Turn on the TV. Open Amazon Prime, which I'm only subscribed to because it's the only place I can watch the tennis. And stare at the ball as it's hit from one side of the net to the other, to the other, to the other, until it strays from its line, flying past its allotted boundary. Fault. Serve. Watch the ball bounce. Fault. And I sip my coffee. But the game must come to its end, so a man fires an ace down the line. And the match must come to its end. So a man fires an ace down the line and my board is telling me to get ahead on dissy reading. So I move my coffee from Costa Rica to my desk and close the Guardian and open Word and open Derrida and he whispers in my ear. The centre is at the centre of the totality. And yet, since the centre does not belong to the totality, is not part of the totality, the totality has its structure elsewhere. The centre 
is not the centre. And it's 1988. And I'm listening to this man speak in a crowded, hot lecture theatre in France. And it's 2022. And I'm reading as he speaks. And he says, the centre is not the centre. And I think, fucking hell. And not fucking hell because it's incomprehensible, even though it is. But just, fucking hell. Because he's got it. Or, if not it, he's got something I can grasp at. And I'd like to say that this is the moment of revelation. That this is the scene in the film in the church when the unbelieving so-and-so sits in the pew with eyes wide and looks up to see the face of God. The moment when the world jolts or shifts to the left and suddenly everything clicks into place and I can say this, this is truth. This is what it all means. These are the things I had to say. But instead, I just think, oh. And then everything tangles. Like a jigsaw I was only just coming close to completing has, without warning, been returned to its box, except now I've lost the reference picture. And there are new pieces that have been mixed into the old, and when I come to try and reconstruct it, there only seems to be three corners. So it all complicates. It becomes strange. The structure shatters. A grasp for language? I can only repeat, the centre is not the centre. The centre cannot hold. I can't find my words. So I open Word, and I try to type, but the centre is not the centre. I have things to say, but the centre cannot hold. I am trying to explain. I think the thing about theory is that once you've started, you can't fucking stop. It's like, once you've been enlightened... Enlightened here, of course, being an entirely problematic term that constitutes the remnants of the inherently flawed humanist ideal of the Enlightenment man, but I'll use it nevertheless. Once you've been quote-unquote enlightened, enlightened used here in an ironic way, once you've been enlightened, it's like, Jesus, my brain's been irrevocably altered to operate in this tangled framework of Foucault and Barthes and Derrida and Lacan. And now, when a politician says... We need to do this for the children. I know they're working in an ideological system of reproductive futurism by evoking the spectre of the symbolic child. By which I mean that I know that you don't want to give real kids real free school meals, but you will ban sex education because you don't want to corrupt the children, the imaginary kids who don't exist apart from in posters and films and adverts for Waitrose, perfect and pure and white and middle class, saving our future with reusable lunchboxes that have been packed by perfect mythological mother. I have things to say. And they say schools should teach you how to do taxes, but this is how you would induct a whole generation of children to believe in the myth of capital and economy and that the way the world works is how it was always meant to work. And that history... The myth of history, history with a capital H, that history is a teleological process of human development that has led us to this natural, essential moment in time in which children need to learn what taxes are. And how now, when I'm trying to explain, I'm back to children and the next generation and education and it's back to the mythological child figure and our obsession with reproductive futurity. And it's like this. It's... Foucault begins his lecture on the 17th of March 1976 by describing a new regulatory mechanism that developed at the end of the 18th century. It's 
unlike the existing mechanism of discipline, which controls the individual body, he argues that this new mechanism operates on the level of man as species. It's This new biopolitics is not a disciplinary mechanism, but a way to regulate and maintain a sort of homeostasis in large masses and populations. It's, listen to me, am I being clear? It's like, do you get it? Does this make sense? You've been listening to Serve Fault Ace by Lucy Curtis, starring Rebecca Morell. Serve Fault Ace was directed by George Nichols, with sound design by Alice Boyd. It was produced by Hugh Rice Eyre. Thank you for listening. <laughs>